Hey everybody, welcome back to Spin is a Four-Letter Word, the Maroon PR podcast, all things PR and communications. As usual with me is our VP, Matt Williams. Hey, Matt. Good to see you, John. Our very talented and quiet producer, Brittany Everett. Thank you, Brittany. She's smiling, giving me a thumbs up. Um, We have a very good personal friend and a very good PR man joining us. Uh, We'll get to him in a second. It's John Jackson, Deputy Director of Athletics for Men's Basketball and External Affairs at Duke University. And before you turn it off, I know some people out there aren't going to like hearing Duke University J.J.'s been there 21 years. He was at SMU before that. Uh, he's Coach K's right, right-hand guy. We're going to talk about how it went down with Coach K last week and his pending uh, final season and how just how PR has evolved and how Coach K has evolved over the years. Yeah, I mean, John, this is, could not be a more timely guest. Uh, we're really going to hear from the horse's mouth here about about how this has all worked and what the plan has been and how they're going to execute it perhaps for the next year. And then also his just experience overall for 20 years at Duke. It's a heck of a run. It's pretty cool. You know, he talks a little bit, too, about John Shire is going to replace um, Coach K. And, you know, John had John Shire as a player, and now he's an assistant coach, and soon he'll be head coach. And it kind of brings some new energy to John's job and, uh, and what, he's, uh, what he's looking forward to. John, welcome to the pod. Hey, man. How are you? We're great good. To, great, to, great to be on with you. Thank you, man. Thanks for taking a little bit of time. We appreciate it, especially because the last week is two weeks or so right. have been a little bit, uh, a little bit hectic for you. Um, Coach K announcing this season coming up is going to be his final season of his historic, legendary career. Uh, been a little busy lately, John. Yeah, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been, yeah, it's been, a, it's been, a, you know, drinking from a fire hose a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, we, we had been planning for it a little bit. Uh, the, the, the main thing that needed to fall in the, into place was the succession plan, which we can get into later. Uh, but, uh, you know, not, not surprising to uh, those of us who are fortunate enough to be around coach on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but, um, you know, we're, we obviously it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing, as you know, to execute it when it actually is right in front of you. So uh, that, but we, we felt, you know, we felt we had a really good week last week. We really, we, we thought everything went uh, reasonably well and, and was well received. So uh, I, I think we, we all feel very good about it. Well, look, from the outside looking in, I thought it came off great. Doing it on Coach K Court was really, really fabulous. Cool. Um, I like that he gave my friend John Jackson a little shout out at the end <laughs> of the presser. Um, but it was, uh, you know, look, how do you salute a legend? And I'm I'm glad that there's going to be for la- I'm sure he hates hearing the words farewell tour, but I'm glad there is uh-huh. because I think people are going to yep. want to pay their respects, see him one more time, like him or hate him, and we know how people feel about Duke. It's all or nothing. Yep. Um, yep. There's a lot of respect out there for what this man's achieved, and I'm I'm glad that that he decided it wasn't going to be like all right, I'm gone and walk away. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, again, that's not the motivation for doing it the way he did it. Um, you know, I think, I think, uh, people sometimes forget, uh, he's, he hasn't quite great and, and balded like, uh, some of us have <laughs> over the years. And, you know, so they, they don't, they don't really recognize he's 74 years old and, uh, you know, he's been doing this a long time. And, and I think, I think they just felt it's, it's time. They have all their grand, they have 10 grandkids here in the area. I think at some point he'd like to go 
see their games and, mm-hmm. you know, just do some things with family. Uh, but the, the other big piece in it was he didn't feel right about trying to recruit a class right next year and not, and, and, and saying, well, I don't know what I'm doing when he really did, you know, he just didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't feel right about that. And I, again, I, I'm around it every day. So I, I, we can sometimes take it for granted, but the, that's a pretty cool thing. You know, he just, yep. I want to be above board with recruits. I want to be above board with people. So I, I, he's not going to love all the pomp and circumstance, uh, <laughs> but I think it's the right thing to do. And, and the fact that we kind of had the, the succession plan in place made it certainly made it a lot, a uh, lot cleaner to, to do it the way we're doing it. John, it, it also, this, an, another year, gives the opponents one last shot <laughs> at trying yep. to at trying to uh to send him along you know after he's probably beaten most of them many many times um was yep. <laughs> do you think um what do you feel like the strongest suit and I don't, we don't need to 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 uh go through coach K's entire career here but what do you think he does best with regard to coaching and how has he evolved it seems like he's been able to evolve um, his coaching style throughout the years so well as compared to some people who, who don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, I think you're right. Um, um, one thing, you know, I, I actually read something the other day that was pretty cool. Uh, it talked about him being a chameleon right. and, uh, it was inter- you know, just an interesting concept and, you know, but look, it, the guy's won in the nineties, he's won in the early two thousands, he's won in the two thousand tens. I mean, he's it spans four decades where he's won championships. And um the game and the and certainly the kids we recruit are are very different. It's a different time right now than it was when Grant Hill was here or right. you know, Shane even when Shane Battier was here in the early part of two thousands. Um so I think the thing coach does does best is he's not married to a system. Right. Uh, he will he will fit whatever that year's system to the personnel that that we have. So from an X's and O's standpoint, I think that's that's pretty good. You know, if you watch, um, you know, if you watch uh, Army football right now, they have a system, right? They're going to look the same every year. If you watch Virginia basketball, uh, they're going to look similar every year. Coach, we we could one year we could we could press and kind of try to try to play a fast pace. Other years. You know, we might we might try to just get in the half court and grind games out, and um, you know, so I think I think from an X's and O's thing that that's that's his greatest strength. I think his greatest overall strength is he can get everyone on on your team, and I mean everyone, not just the 14 players, but the cleaning folks, the administrators, the you know the coaches. He can get everyone. Uh, kind of pulling in one direction and believing in something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I think that's, that's by far his, his greatest strength is there's, there's not a lot of people who don't feel ownership in our program. And, um, and he, he kind of creates that atmosphere like, no, we all own this. And if we own it, we're going to take care of it. And I think, I think that's, to me, that's the thing I'm amazed at. And I remember when he was coaching the U S team, you know, people were so amazed, like, oh, man, how did it turn around? And it's like we have we always had the talent. They just needed to believe in something. Mm-hmm. And they picked the right guy to get to do that. And you know what? They won 77 straight games. You know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I think uh, I think that by far to me is his 
is his that's his sweet spot in my opinion that's great hey john go, going back to um you know media and a little bit so 21 years ago I went through a farewell tour with Cal, and we, you and I have talked yep. about this a little bit. And then 26 years ago, we dealt with the streak, which was another kind of big media kind of time. And Cal yep. always talks about how at some point we came up with a plan that we both agreed on and all that good stuff. But then at some point he says he gave in. He gave in to the process, which is against his nature. He's usually he's an analytical guy. He wants yep. to know all things. And finally, it was just exhausting. He needed to focus on playing baseball. And, yep. and, and and give in to the process and give in to the system. Have you and Coach discussed yet how you're going to handle this in each city? What's going to be a way to give the media and the fans what they want while at the same time allowing him to do what he's really paid to do and coach your basketball team? Not yet. Uh, we have not had sure. that conversation yet. We will. Yep. Um and uh, I, I would think, you know, pro the good thing is we don't we don't tip off until November. Right. You know, we've Plenty got time. we've got some time. And, and John, to be fair, the thing that that you were dealing with with Cal on on his thing, you know, more media at each spot. You know, bit kind of you're going to bigger cities where there's you know built in. There, there's just a natural. Uh, right. You just have more people that you're dealing. With. So. You know, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I, I am going to pick your brain at some point over the summer so I can come to coach with some kind of uh, plan. But I, I kind of do like the idea. You know, we like let's say we play on a Saturday. I, I kind of do like the idea on Friday night when we get there, maybe we have a separate room set up at a hotel. We yeah. tell the media, if you, if you want them, we're, we're going to do 20 minutes or 30 minutes at the hotel that night. And then the next day we're going to talk about the game. And yeah. now not everyone's going to respect that. We all know that. And, and, and people won't know it won't be, you know, they're not being belligerent or anything. They just won't know. But I do think um, that's a possibility. And, and again, it might be market specific, you know, it might be yeah. different. We might handle it differently in Clemson, South Carolina versus Atlanta or yeah. somewhere like that. No, it makes sense. Know? It makes sense. Uh, again, yeah. we're talking to John Jackson, deputy director of athletics for men's basketball and external affairs at Duke university, talking about, the historic career of Coach K and the fact that he this season coming up will be his last. John, the one thing I, I was just talking about my experience with Ripken, the one thing we didn't have to deal with was social media, digital flat platforms, a 24-hour news cycle. From your perspective, even putting Coach aside, just with student-athletes, how much over the last two decades have you seen the way in which you have to do your job and the way in which you have to monitor your job change dramatically because of these factors? I mean, it's, it's a completely different time. I remember, I mean, you and I are both old enough and have done this long enough where we remember, you know, what, the primary way to communicate with the media was via press release. <laughs> yes. And now the primary way to communicate with everybody is social media. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we want to hit, I mean, we, we're, look, we're super fortunate here in that we have the largest social media following of any college sports program in the country. Wow. And that includes all the football powerhouse. We have 4 million plus social media follow, followers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So for us, at the, at the push of a button, we know we can at least extend whatever information we want to get out to 4 million people. Now, whether they all consume it, right, you don't know. But at the end of the day, that's a heck of a lot more powerful than, you know, hitting the fax machine to 20 different media outlets. <laughs> right. So, um, 
it's it's changed it's changed everything it's it's uh, you know we had we had that kind of con that, that uh, collision of events a few years ago when we we had a kid that came into the program who had a massive social media following already named Zion Williamson and then you added that with our brand and it blew him up even more and blew us up even more and um, you know so there's a there's a ton of value there um, I do feel sometimes we chase our tail a little bit where it's like, Oh, well this reporter or this person said something on Twitter and it's just like, okay. And yeah, yeah you, you get know, caught, like, right. You get caught reacting to stuff that yeah, maybe you shouldn't just react to because you're thinking too much about it. It's in front of you. It's getting retweeted, whatever it might be. Correct. I feel, I feel like that can be a good gauge for certain things, but I, I also feel sometimes, you know, there's this, there's the knee jerk reaction in that world that, you know, we, we, for the most part over the years, we've tried to stay above that. And if we're going to engage in some kind of conversation, we'd rather engage in a thoughtful one and one that, you know, you can maybe extend more than a certain amount of characters, you know, like we're, if we're going to get into, if we're going to get into something, then let's, let's figure out our ways of doing it. Maybe it is via social media, but maybe it's sitting our head coach down or a player down and we can talk about it so people can see the video and it's unedited and you know, all those types of things. So it, it's changed a lot. Um, I don't know that it's all for the better, uh, but, but it like, you know, we're not, we're not being real strategic if we're not going to live in that space, because frankly, that's where the kids who we're recruiting are living. So we, we better be there and we better, we better be there in a real, uh, professional and branded way uh, that you know fits fits who we are as a university. John, how how proactive are you guys with regard to you know shaping your own message and using your own platforms to get your messages out there? And what are your audiences? I mean, and clearly, you know, you're trying to build the continue to build the Duke brand with with for recruiting, et cetera. But I mean, does this eke into everything from alumni support to you know sponsorships, et cetera? Yeah, it, it's changed. I mean, initially our, our thought was we were really diving into the space deeply because of uh, recruiting. But then what we found is the fans were loving the stuff we were putting out publicly for recruits so much. There was like, well, we got to really, we got to re, we got to rethink this. And uh, so uh, all of the above <laughs> is the right. answer. Right. Um, we will send out like, you know, let's say we're recruiting a stretch four player um, you know, from Oregon. Well, you might see on our social media all of a sudden, uh, you know, a run of, you know, uh, you know, Battier, Kyle Singler, Christian Leitner highlights, you know, I mean, that's got a very specific target, but it would go out to the yeah, masses. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, and our guy, we are very, uh, we, we put a lot of content out, um, Again, we try to be strategic. We try to we try to not, you know, engage in some of the stuff that, you know, in the muck a little bit that, that you know, people say about our program. We try to stay above that. Um, but, like, I'll give you a great example. You know, our guys were really work. Coach didn't want to make a big thing. You know, we, we were talked about a pre-produced piece for social media for his announcement day. And Coach was just – he wasn't feeling overly nostalgic because – He's still got a year left. You know, he's like, that time will come. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it in April and when we're done and I'll be nostalgic. 
Um, so, our, you know, our social media guys were like, oh, man, well, that, you know, we got this massive announcement and what do we do? And, you know, later that night, they put out a picture and it was a picture of Coach Shire and Coach when John was 12. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was signed to Jonathan <laughs> from Coach K, and it was always do your best. That's awesome. Wow. And it was like I, te- I, told, I texted our guys, like, there's nothing we could have produced that would be more powerful than <laughs> yeah. that. And it just said because the tweet was dream big with yeah. a heart. Yeah. That's and it's awesome. like, what else do you need to put out? No, like, that's you're right. Sometimes simple right is, uh, yeah, simple is the way to go. Yeah. Hey, John, let me ask you a little bit about being Duke. Um, you know, you've yep. been there for a while. You know, there's the the Cowboys, the Yankees, Duke University. We're yep. here in Maryland, so as you know, there's some Duke yeah, is a four oh, letter word. Us. You know, so <laughs> yeah, they love it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I don't know if you've ever talked to people at those other organizations. It's like, it is such a love hate thing. You guys yep. win too much. You you run a clean program. It's all the things that people make fun of <laughs> drive them crazy. What yep. is it like internally? Is it kind of like circle the wagons? It's us against the world. What's it like externally? How's it different from somebody at, you know, another good program that isn't, you know, a Michigan yep. or something. What's it like? Yeah. Well, I think we all have to recognize we're, we're held to a much higher standard than most places. And whether that's fair or not, it is what it is. And um, so it really hit me when I really got my arms around it was when we were having some of the issues with Grayson Allen when he was here. And, you know, he did some things on the court he shouldn't have done. And, and, uh, and you know, we felt like there were a lot of lines crossed. You know, it's a kid, right? Like he's he's, he's growing up in front of the world. And, you know, I, I think it's a little callous to say, well, he should just know better. And, you know, like, yeah, he should, but you're also not in his shoes and you don't know what it's like to play here and under the microscope, you know, which we're under all the time. And, it, but it really hit me when we were, we were having some conversations with ESPN and they were talking about this kid's mental makeup and, you know, whether he had emotional problems, it's just, I was like, guys, really like, this is who, who on your panel is like an expert enough to know from afar, what is going through a kid's head. Right. And they flat out said to me, you are not treated as a school. You are treated as a franchise. Mm-hmm. And they said Yankees, yep. uh, Cowboys. Dodgers, yep. Cowboys, Patriots, Steelers, Packers, yeah, you know, Celtics, Lakers, and you know, you kind of know that that's the case, but to actually hear it from right. the people who are covering you, yes, it was a big, it was a really big thing. It was like an aha moment for me. And then the other, the other part of it, John. So there's, you know, there's that the media part of it and how we're covered, and then there's the part where the expectations are what they are and we look we are really cognizant of all that i mean we're pretty image conscious here um i mean i can tell you you know you can only have a certain amount of coaches on the floor uh, you know while you're practicing and things like that. it sounds like a small thing but i've seen i've seen dozens of times over the years here where like maybe the director of ops steps out on the court or a player development guy steps out on the court when we have you know too many and where the coaches will be like get off Right. Like 
our people are really, really cognizant of that. And we know the worst thing that could happen is some kind of massive NCAA problem, um, you know, that we would have, that we would have had control over. Um, we get all that. And quite frankly, I mean, at the end of the day, you can look at it one of two ways. I've always looked at it. It makes everybody better because you have to be on your toes right. all the time. Sure. It doesn't mean you have to be paranoid. And I'm not, and by the way, I'm not saying we're not at times. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I think every great, you know, program, there's a, there's a certain level of paranoia to they, they keep them that way. But I do feel, um, I do feel that we, you know, we really do try to live up to a standard that, that has been set. And frankly, the, the country didn't set it. We set it. Yeah. So this is just how we've operated. And, you know, it, we, to me, it's, it's critically important. We continue to operate that way. And if people like that, great. If people don't like it, I think we're comfortable enough at this point. It's like, that's fine. You know, we, we do have a ton of fans out there too. It's not, not everyone hates us. So yeah, John, you've been, you've been there 20 years. So you've experienced that Duke mystique the whole time and like it or not, yeah. you know, when, when people, when people like to bash Duke, I'll bet if their kid got a scholarship offer to Duke, they'd be there in a heartbeat. But um, can you talk about, I mean, 20 years is a long time. You got there as an SID. Um, clearly something's kept you there. Is it that Duke mystique or is it just been a good place to work? It's, it's more the, it's more the latter. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I, John knows this. I mean, we, he and I've talked over the years about it. Um, it's, I, I'm really into, I, I love brands. I just, it's, you know, I don't, I don't know that I know how to really do anything. I mean, I inherited this one, so I just try to caretake it, you know, but, but I love brands. So to me, like leaving for another school, I, I don't know that there's a better brand in college athletics. I mean, there's, there may be schools that win a little bit more. There may be, you know, football's clearly a bigger financial driver than college basketball, but in terms of, um, in terms of that, I, I, I love that. And I, and, and, you know, for anyone who's ever spent any time in, in the area in which we live, like the triangle region is a great area to live. It, you can, you know, uh, real, real easy lifestyle here. Uh, cost of living was always pretty good until about the last year or two, but we got in early, so we're good. Um, it, there's a lot to like about being here. And I just, I really like being around outstanding people mm -hmm. and um my, my feeling has been you're probably not working here and i know for a fact you're not a student here unless you got something special and so it's a cool you know you you're kind of just around really high-end people like most of the time and it just keeps you fresh and it keeps you going and and you feel like you're going into work at a place where you're just going to be surrounded by really good stuff all the time. And, you know, we have our warts like anywhere. Uh, there's, there's plenty of frustration that goes along with it, but I can, I can tell you the overall is it's a great place to work. And, and the primary reason is because the people that you're around constantly. Yeah. Hey John, a couple more before we let you go. Um, this whole name image likeness is coming down the pike at some point. Um, yesterday yep. there were some congressional hearings about it. States are passing their own laws. The feds are involved. The NCAA is trying to figure it out. Individual conferences are trying to figure it out. How, yep. 
I guess, how confusing is this right now for a university? And what are you telling your student athletes about this? Are they, are they asking you questions? What are you saying to them? We're, we're saying we're to, to be patient until we work through it because there's really no other way. I mean, it, it's until we get some kind of federal guidance or the NCAA steps up and says this is what, you know, or, and I shouldn't say the NCAA, the membership of the NCAA, so the schools, until they step up and vote on something that says this is how we're going to handle it, we're kind of all in a holding pattern. Right. And so certain states right now, they're, you know, as of July 1, I mean, there's going to be rules in place. Certain states can do different things, but our membership doesn't know, well, wait a minute, if we're not in one of those states, what's that mean for us? Right. And, John, you and I can laugh about this because we do talk about this once in a while. Like, it's a, it's a little scary to trust the federal government right now to do anything. Yes. But, like, it has to happen. We can't have 50 different rules out there. And then the NCAA shouldn't be expected to say, well, we're going to sift through these 50 and come up with the best plan. It's going to take years. Yes. And, and this train's moving. I mean, we don't have time. So at some point, the federal government's going to have to come in and say, all right, and, and negotiate with all these states and figure out, like, what can we all live with? And what can we, you know, what's best for these kids? And, and, and let's kind of jointly do something with the NCA here. So there's just not, it's, it's, it's going to be really chaotic until that happens. And yeah. And, and, and maybe, maybe that forced date will accelerate people getting on the same page. Time will tell. Uh, John, before we let you go, um, this has got to be a cool experience for you. Uh, Coach Shire um, was a guy that you saw come into come into school as a freshman and play under Coach K, and you knew him. You probably coached him to some extent with media, and then you you just kind of saw him evolve, and now he's going to take over this legendary program and fill these giant shoes. I guess, one, from your perspective, how special is that? And two, how do you think he'll – I mean, this is ridiculously, these are arguably the biggest shoes you could fill figuratively on yeah. earth. So like, yeah. how do you think he'll do? I think uh, I'll, I'll go the second one for, I think John's going to do really well. Um, I mean, he's been, you know, co- coaches always call them the natural and, and this kid, you know, I watched him as a point guard his senior year, never played point guard his whole career. Halfway through his senior year, we're, we felt we were turning the ball over too much. We weren't being efficient on offense. That hey, John, run our team, and you know the guy ran us all the way to a national championship. Wow. And by not turning, he's just a solid, solid guy. Um, everyone likes him. Um, he has been, he's been a lead recruiter on some of the best players we've recruited here the last few years. So he gets that whole game, and understands how to. He understands all that with like. You know who the the all the all the factors involved in recruiting now, which are far more complex than it's ever been. He get he kind of gets all of it, and I kind of like the fact he's 33 right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'll be 34 or five when he takes over as head coach. But I think that uh, I think that's good. I think I think having a young you know really young coach that can kind of be a different face. Uh, after after what we've had for so long is is a good thing. Um, personally, I like John. Um, liked him as a player. I like him as an assistant. He's been here eight years as an assistant, so we've you know we've spent plenty of time together. Um, we've spent a lot of time together in the last week. Uh, he's trying to figure everything out. 
I'm excited personally because I think in some ways then the new head coach will need me need me more than the previous head coach for sure you know I mean it sounds selfish uh I don't I don't think it's a selfish thing but it's I I do know that uh you know John just doesn't have the the experience on on all the things that that you know guys been here 40 some years has had and so I think I'll have a little more say and uh, and by say I mean a little more conversation that's hey what about this uh whereas you know coach has such a strong strong eye for what he wants mm-hmm. that you just kind of, and it's worked over and over so everyone's like yeah sounds great let's go I think John's going to need a little bit more conversation before he makes decisions and that that could be fun you know that could for be sure. really fun so I'm I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really good. I, I and I have a feeling the first recruiting class that he puts together, I think people are going to be like, "Oh, they're not going anywhere." Right. I really feel strongly about him in that in that front. Well, listen, uh, Coach Shire is going to be lucky to have you because it's a your old head, with all due respect, has a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience, and it's going to benefit him and his staff greatly. And, J.J., we're fortunate to have you, too. I just want to thank you for taking a few minutes out of your very hectic schedule to come on. Spin is a four-letter word, the Maroon PR podcast. Matt, Brittany, and I really enjoyed it. Um, thank you. Thanks for taking some time. Yeah, no problem, John. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, I'm got, you know, glad I'm still on the on the radar for guest list <laughs> once in a while. That makes me – I know I'm – I know I'm still current. You know what I mean? Like that's so you you know you made my week with that. Yes, you are. You know you've made it when you're on the Maroon PR podcast. That's for sure. And uh, hope to see you in Maryland soon, pal. It's uh, John yeah. Jackson, Deputy Director of Athletics for Men's Basketball and External Affairs at Duke University. John, thanks again. Thanks for listening to Spin is a Four Letter Word. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe. Send us your feedback too. We want this to be interesting for everybody. And give us a follow at Maroon PR on Twitter and LinkedIn.